Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Habakkuk is one of the twelve minor prophets in the Old Testament, and the central thought of Habakkuk is this. The righteous God will judge both the evil Israel and the violent Chaldeans, and only the righteous one shall live by his faith, that all the earth may know the glory of Jehovah and be silent before Jehovah, who is in his holy temple, and that his seeker may sing to him in prayer in lauding and in trusting him. This is Matt Miller with Bob Danker for the first Habakkuk Life Study program, and what I just read you is from page three of the printed Life Study of Habakkuk. Bob, we're only going to do two programs on the radio to cover the book of Habakkuk, this one minor prophet, and in my opening word, I wanted to give a concise word from the Life Study of Habakkuk to give the central thought of the book. Could you develop it a little more and get us into the burden of this book of Habakkuk? Well, I think it's very helpful, Matt, to have such a concise statement of what the book uh, shows us. If you read these three chapters, it does give us a picture or a a scenery uh, mainly related to Israel and to the Chaldeans. Israel, of course, was evil and unfaithful to God, and God sent prophets to them for several hundred years to try to turn them back to him. But when Habakkuk wrote, uh, it was close to the time when God sent the Babylonians or the Chaldeans to invade Israel, to carry out his uh, chastisement over Israel. But then the Chaldeans themselves were also offensive toward God, and God also in the book of Habakkuk revealed to Habakkuk that he was going to judge them as well. And then we have this marvelous uh, and brief verse, uh, the righteous one shall live by faith. So this verse appears in the midst of this uh, situation where God is about to judge Israel, and then at a time later on, he would judge the Chaldeans. And then we also have Habakkuk, the prophet, in the middle of this whole scene. He's looking at everything. He's, he's receiving the word of the Lord, and eventually he says he would sing to Jehovah in prayer, in lauding, and in trusting in him. So here's the prophet as the seeking one who eventually sings to God, even in the midst of this seemingly very negative situation that he's right in the middle of. Sounds to me like the gospel, Bob, and that's why I'm encouraged and uh, eager to get into the program today, because the gospel is in a similar way to this, that you have a very black background to Christ coming in that brings in a salvation where the just could live by faith and eventually results in the singing of God's people. Let's go to uh, the life study now, and first I'll read the verse we've referred to so we can get the exact uh, wording of it. Habakkuk 2.4 says, See, he who is puffed up, his soul is not upright within him, but the righteous one will live by his faith. 
Let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study. Now we come to Habakkuk. This is a short book of three chapters, but it does have one verse which has been repeatedly quoted in the New Testament. Especially by the Apostle Paul. He quoted one verse from Habakkuk in Romans 1, in Galatians 3, and in Hebrews 10. Three times, threefold quotation. And that quotation is this, the just will live by faith. In this many books, of the uh, Minor Prophet, only this one serves us with the eternal salvation of God to the sinners. We have seen a lot of things in the prophets, but only one Minor Prophet with three chapters shows us God's eternal salvation. But it takes the uh, situation at that time as a background. And what was the situation? The situation was this. Israel was offending God to the uttermost in every way, in the human way, even in the divine way, even worshiping God, Israel committed sins. Not only in the social life, in the daily life, they offended God, even in the worship they render to God, they offended God, even the more. So in every way, Israel was sinful. And how could such a sinful one be saved for eternity? Well, there's only one way for the sinners to be saved eternally. Only one way for the sinners to have God's eternal salvation. Only Habakkuk shows us God's eternal salvation. Not just to save your body from suffering, but to save your entire being, body, soul, and spirit for eternity. And the way for such a salvation is to believe that you may be justified to have life. To believe that you may be justified to have life and live. This is the just will have life and live by faith. Bob, I'm going to talk about this background a little bit, and maybe you can too, but I hope you can really focus on the positive side, the God's eternal salvation that Witness Lee just referred to. It appears that the situation, the time of this writing was about 626 B.C., which was approximately 20 years before the children of Israel were taken away captive into Babylon. So there's a prophecy in Habakkuk uh, of this difficulty. You know, you've got the nations uh, punishing Israel, but you've also got Israel being unfaithful to God. So, so you have the situation where everyone is in an offense to God. But then Habakkuk comes in with this classic verse that, as Witness Lee says, it's quoted in Romans 1, Galatians 3, and Hebrews 10 about the just shall live by faith, which really opens up God's salvation, doesn't it? It certainly does, Matt. Of course, the Apostle Paul was the one in the New Testament who quoted this verse, Habakkuk 
2, verse 4, about the righteous one or the just one living by faith. Of course, Paul was showing the readers that there's no way for man to be justified by God or, or made righteous by God by the works of the law, by anything out of man himself. Man is totally and absolutely sinful in every way, and as even Israel, God's chosen people, were sinful in the way that they worshipped God. They were doing something positive. They were worshipping God. But in their worship, they offended God because they didn't do it according to the way that God desired. And so everything about them became an offense toward God. And, of course, the Chaldeans, who were the heathens or the pagan peoples, the people who didn't know God at all, their whole living was an offense. And their way of treating Israel offended God eventually, So here we have the whole situation, very negative, and Habakkuk comes in and says, the righteous one will live by faith. So this is the way. Uh, Habakkuk shows us the way that a sinful person can be saved and enter into God's eternal salvation. Of course, Paul developed this fully in the New Testament, but here in an Old Testament book, we have this wonderful reference to God's eternal salvation. And In his speaking, Witness Lee said that this eternal salvation is not just a salvation of our body from suffering, but a salvation of our entire tripartite being, our spirit, our soul, and our body. And that is the salvation revealed in the New Testament. And this verse is very clear. It says the righteous one. So the first thing when we receive God's salvation is, We have to be made righteous because we don't have any righteousness of our own. So we, by faith, by our believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God who became a man and died on the cross for our sins, by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, God can justify us. He gives us Christ to be our righteousness. Then this opens the way for God to impart himself into us as life so that we will have life. And then for the rest of our days, we can live by God as our life. And this brings in a salvation that is not only eternal, but it's also complete. It saves our entire being. This is a salvation not only judicially to satisfy God's righteous requirements, but it's a salvation organically that fills us with God and with his divine life and makes us the same as God in his life, his nature but, of course, not in his Godhead. Bob, this is a really good uh, picture of God's salvation, and uh, I'd like to read the note on Habakkuk 2.4 on this matter of the just shall live by faith. It says, here it means to have life and live. (laughs) I, I like that because through salvation in Christ, we have life, but it's not just to have the life. It's an ongoing process to live by faith. And continuing with this matter of God's salvation, we come to the meaning of Habakkuk's name, which means embracing or clinging to. I want to give our listeners a heads up because when Witness Lee says the word clinging to, it's hard to understand. But the meaning of Habakkuk is embracing or clinging to. And let's go back to Witness Lee as we're going to discuss this. The name Habakkuk in Hebrew means embracing and clinging. If you want to be saved by God, if you want to receive God's favor for your eternal purpose, 
you have to embrace the big God. And you have to cling to God. Don't get away from God. Actually, the eternal salvation is just God himself. God didn't uh, save us in heavens, far away from us. But in order to save us, God came to us to become, what? A man on this earth. And on this earth, while he was there ministering, he did embrace the little ones. I tell you, what is the central thought of the four Gospels? The central thought of the four Gospels is to show us how the saving God came out of eternity, came out of the heavens, and came out of the divinity to the earth, into time, and into humanity. He even became a man. By this, you could see, he could embrace man. God never would uh, save a sinner by staying in the heavens and stretching his wrong hand to raise earth, okay, sinners, be saved. Then you got saved. Not that way. He came out of eternity. He came out of even his divinity. While he was saving us, he was not in the appearance, in the form of God. But he was in the appearance, in the form of a man, by the name Jesus. Bob, there's a lot in a name, and especially uh, when it comes to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming to embrace the sinners. I, I just love this picture. This is a beautiful picture, Matt. How does God save sinners? As Witness Lee pointed out, it's, he doesn't remain in heaven and stretch out a long arm to the earth and just say, sinners be saved. In order to save sinners, God himself had to become a man and live on the earth among the sinful people. Witness Lee said he came out of eternity. So God is in eternity. He's not in time, but he entered into time by becoming a man. Then he came out of the heavens, down to the earth by becoming a man. Then in a sense, he came out of his divinity. Before he became a man, he had the form of God. But as Philippians tells us, he took on the form of a man. He appeared in human flesh, walking on this earth among all kinds of sinful people. And in a sense, by doing this, the Lord Jesus as God embraced the sinners. The Gospels are full of stories about how the Lord embraced sinful people. He ate with them. He drank with them. He was their friend. And then as a response to his embracing, the sinners clung to him. They held on to him. And uh, one story, of course, in Luke 19, which Witness Lee mentions in the Life Study, is the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a typical sinner of his day, a tax collector despised by the people, dishonest, extorting money from people. And one day the Lord visited his city, and he was up in a tree. And the Lord passed by and looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down. 
This day I must stay in your house. You know, then it says, and he hurried and came down and received him rejoicing. This is a marvelous picture of how the Savior embraced a sinner, Zacchaeus. The Lord could have walked right by that tree, but he embraced Zacchaeus. And then Zacchaeus laid hold of him and held on to him to receive him as the Savior. I mean, what a marvelous salvation. And, of course, the salvation that the Lord gives us is not just some kind of assistance from a distance. The salvation the Lord gives us is himself, himself. The Lord said to Zacchaeus, this day salvation has come to this house. Who is the salvation? The salvation is the Lord Jesus himself. When we receive salvation, we receive this person. The person comes to embrace us, to cling to us, and our response is we cling to him and we embrace him. We embrace the Lord, we love the Lord, we appreciate the Lord in his love for us. What a wonderful picture of the gospel. It is really marvelous, Matt. We just enter into a relationship with this person where he embraces us and we cling to him, we enjoy him, we live by him. In every way, we become one with him. I uh, I don't think salvation can be a one-sided embracing, can it, Bob? It certainly can't. It really takes the response of those whom the Lord loves for the embracing to really work. That's right. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. This is the sinful thought that righteous God will judge both the evil Israel and the Chaldeans, and only the righteous ones shall live by his faith. The background was that all are under God's judgment. Not only the nations, but also the elect, Israel. All are under God's judgment. Then how could we escape God's judgment? And God's judgment means we should die. God's judgment means this. We should die, regardless if you are a Jew or you are a Gentile. We all are going to die. Then how could we escape this? By believing. By believing in God's embodiment. That's Christ. That we might be made just. We might be justified. And to be justified is just to be made just. To have life and live. You see, the background was that kind of situation. At that time, when this revelation was brought forth through Habakkuk, the entire human race, regardless you are a Jew or you are a Gentile, you are to die. That is your fate. Right? Then how could you escape this death? By believing. By believing. Righteousness, faith, life. These three words are the uh, element that constructed Paul's logic of the gospel concerning God's eternal salvation. Righteousness, faith, and life for you to live. Bob, this is really good. Uh, Righteousness, faith, and life for you to live. But without the background of realizing that we're sinners, we don't get there. I mean, this reminds me of Romans, where Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely by his grace. 
through the redemption of Christ. So we really can't separate what we hear in Habakkuk from the gospel of God in the New Testament through Paul, can we? We really can't, Matt. And as Witness Lee pointed out, the book of Habakkuk reveals this situation in which both Israel and the Chaldeans were under God's judgment. This is a picture of the situation of the entire human race. Uh, The religious people are under God's judgment. The non-religious people, represented by the Chaldeans, also are under God's judgment. And Paul points this out very clearly in the beginning of his first epistle, the epistle to the Romans. He takes almost three chapters or two and a half chapters to show us that all mankind will come under God's righteous judgment. And this judgment of God requires man to die, not only physically at the end of his human life, but eternally to perish in the lake of fire for eternity. This is God's righteous judgment on all mankind. But there is a way for man to escape God's judgment, and not only to escape being judged, but to live. God wants man to live. God wants man to have life and to live by that life. And the life that God wants to give man is his own life, his eternal, divine, uncreated life. This is God's desire for man. So how can man, who is sinful and under God's judgment for eternity, to perish for eternity, escape this terrible judgment and fulfill God's original intention for man, and that is that man would have God as his life and would live by God's life, by God himself, to express God in a corporate way. This is God's salvation for man. The only way is through faith. We must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must no longer believe in ourselves, in our own ability to be righteous before God. We cannot make it. Our righteousness, as Isaiah said, is like a soiled garment, a filthy rag. It could never pass the test of God's standard of righteousness. The only way for us to be right with God is to believe in the Lord Jesus. Then, the moment we believe, Christ becomes our righteousness. This is the surpassing righteousness that God can justify us and then give us himself as our life and allow us to live by this life for eternity. Bob, a popular gospel verse is John 3.16, that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. Well, we have that life, not just in a future day. We have that life today that we could live by that life. I'm encouraged by the program today, Bob, and encouraged by this message in Habakkuk 2.4 that's repeated in the New Testament. Thanks for coming and being with me today, Bob. It's always good to be with you, Matt. And thank you also for joining us. We'd encourage you to call us and get the materials that go along with this radio program. It's uh, You can call us at one 888 Study. That's one 888 Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll join us as we continue through the life study of the Minor Prophets.
God views the church, the redeemed believers, from a heavenly perspective. Far from seeing her as defeated by the power of sin and sins, God views the church as the triumphant and glorious counterpart of Christ, who fully expresses the one who fills all in all. In The Glorious Church, Watchman Nee discusses four significant representations of the church in the Bible. Eve in Genesis chapter 2, the wife in Ephesians 5, the woman in Revelation 12, and the bride in Revelation 21 and 22. In each instance, he presents the church's high calling to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Recently discovered handwritten notes supplement this new and fresh translation of the glorious church, making it the most complete record of the messages given by Watchman Nee in the fall of 1939 and the fall of 1942. The appendix, The Overcomers and God's Dispensational Moves, is a significant never-before-published portion of these notes. The Glorious Church by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available now at Christian bookstores or call 1-888-543-3788. That number again is 1-888-543-3788.